Good morning on this Monday morning and welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. If you were with us yesterday, Sunday morning, we covered and we're talking about <clears throat> everything that God or things that are full. There's things that are full that are evil of wrath and there's things that are full of the Holy Spirit, full of good works, things that are full. So we're going to continue on that same thought on the seasons of fullness in the life of an individual and the times and the purposes. As we look at Ecclesiastics chapter 3 verse 1, to everything there is a season. Remember that when whatever you're doing, there is a season. There is also a time to every purpose under heaven. So you can find a time within a season. Or you can find several times within a season. Within a season, there's a time to plant. There's a time for the thing to grow. There's a time for harvesting. There's a time for plowing. There's a time for letting the land rest before you start all over. But it's all within the same season. You can have the harvest season. You can have the planting season. But you have the time that is involved within there. Now, if we look at the book of Genesis, let's look at the big scope, the big picture. Things that God does in big pictures. And then, of course, we can take that and bring it down and make a parallel of what God does in the little picture, which is individual lives. In Genesis fifteen sixteen, God told Abraham concerning about his descendants, what would happen down the line in the future. And it says, but in the fourth generation, Genesis fifteen sixteen, they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. So God was waiting for the Amorites to reach a certain state of level of non-repentant sin and iniquity. And then, of course, judgment would be passed upon them. But in the meantime, Israel, or the people of uh, before they became the, the whole nation, Jacob, they were <clears throat> to grow and multiply in Egypt. But in the fourth generation, there would, they would be coming. There was a time that was set when God wanted them to leave. But at the same time, it was parallel with the time of something else. So you can see these things and glean from them. Now, if we were to look into the future, that was the past in the time of Abraham. Let's look at the book of Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. And it says, And when he had taken the book, and the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb. Notice what the beast and the elders have. Having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odor, or the incense, which are the prayers of the saints. In other words, every one of these individuals... These four beasts and the 24 elders had vials. And each of those vials was full of the incense of the prayers of the saints. Now, there may be a relationship and a correlation between what is prayed here on earth 
as far as when the saints are persecuted and suffer at the hands of the ungodly and those that are against God and against Christ and against his church. And many times they may be praying, Lord, when will we see justice? When will we see our blood avenged? And when we read in Revelation fifteen seven, it says, And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. So if you'll notice, we're still talking about the four beasts down the line. And we're talking about the golden vials, but this time they're not full of the prayers of the saints. This time they're full of the wrath of God. In Revelation 21 verse 9, and it says, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues. And he talked with me, saying, Come hither, and I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. So once again, we see that this issue of something being full involves there is a season, there is a time when something reaches its maximum and it's overflowing. Now, yesterday we talked a little bit about not just being filled, but being full. Now, when we talk about the baptism and the Holy Spirit, the word baptism simply means immersion. So if we were to take a glass of water and fill it up right to the brim, we could say that that glass is full or filled to the top. But in order for it to be baptized, that entire glass and all the water that is in it must be immersed in something. If you were to take that glass and immerse it into the Pacific Ocean, you literally could say that that glass had limitless in other words, there was no limit to the measure of what its fullness was and its baptism was. Because not only is it full on the inside, it is totally immersed on the outside. And we can look at that as the same parallel when judgment comes upon the nations of this world. They reach a place where it just overspills and the judgment of God must come. But if we look now at the positive side, looking at it from another point of view, in Matthew 13, 23, it says the story and the parable of the sower sows the seed. He that received the seed into good ground is he that heareth the word and understands it and also bears fruit. And some bring forth, some bring forth a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So we're talking about a season of complete fullness where you reach a hundredfold. In other words, where you max out, where you are completely overflowing. In fact, God says when he blesses us, it says in Luke 6.38, you know, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will God give into your bosom for with the same measure that you measure, it shall be measured unto you. So there is a fullness that comes. There is a season. In other words, when we talk about fullness, we're talking about seasons and times when things are full. Now, in the scripture, it says in the book of Luke, in chapter, uh, uh, excuse me, in the book of Genesis 26, 12, then Isaac sowed in the land, and he received in that same year 100 fold, and the Lord blessed him. 
in Luke 12, 16, we have an individual that is totally unaware, absolutely unconscious of what is about to happen because his mind is totally fixed on just his present state of affairs. And this is what it says. And he spoke a parable unto them saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. In verse 17, and he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where I have bestowed my fruit. In other words, it was a it was an abundant harvest season. In verse 18, and he said this, I will pull down my barns and will build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruit and all my goods. In verse 19, and I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But verse 20 says, But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night, notice the timing, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall all those things be which thou hast prepared? How amazing that people prepare for their future here on earth and make absolutely no preparation for eternity in heaven. Think about that. This man, he did absolutely everything he could to provide and be set for many, many years in his lifetime. But he never made provision for what was waiting for him that very night. Not the week later, a year, but that very night. See, that is uncertain in our futures. But if we understand and know God's timings, we will be prepared and we prepare ourselves. We prepare ourselves as, as though this was our last day on this planet. And we're going to be ready for eternity. And we prepare ourselves as, as though we still had a lifetime to live. By God's grace, we're given wisdom. We're given understanding. And we're given knowledge on how to accomplish these things. May you take it to heart this day. As I say, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance and may he give you peace in Jesus' name. And remember, always be prepared. Amen.